So this is our third episode, and... Jesus, we've uh, only done three of these? <laughs> yeah, we've only done three of these. We, we record twice for every episode is the problem. True. So it feels twice as long. Uh, and I've finally gotten around to uh, st- starting the editing, and let me tell you, I am very... Uh, my audio sounds bad, I'm too quiet, and uh, half my audio has Ezra in the background making sounds. Yep. And it's very annoying for me to edit, and I'm going to be more annoying for people to listen to, so that's fun. <laughs> well, I mean, like, hopefully your mom likes the sound of your voice. Hopefully. That's true. It is, it's her grandson, so she has to like it, right? Hearing Ezra I in mean, the background, I mean. Yeah. To be fair, I feel like the amateurish nature of our podcast has some charm to it plus in the end we're just doing this for i mean i wouldn't listen to it but well i wouldn't listen to it because it has my voice in it so i know we're all doing it for laughs and and fun but brad has a contract and he insists that if we don't we have a certain amount of views we got to reach or he's gonna get out and and do a solo podcast and do his do a solo. <laughs> the same pod. thing, but it's just Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so Brad, what movie are we talking about today? Uh, the Lighthouse, as far as I'm aware. I think so. Brad wins. He he, he got that. That the, was the game. There was only one contestant. It was Brad, and he won. <laughs> it was the Brad. Uh, so the Lighthouse vi- game. This is that's Good Brad's game. podcast is him doing a game show by himself, <laughs> asking himself a trivia question like, "Well, the answer is this." Good job. Uh, it's funny, Me. but it, it that's funny, but it's totally uh, something Vaughn would do. So, oh, I feel offended by that. <laughs> I you shouldn't be. That's gonna be the uh, the ad break this episode. <laughs> well, now it's ruined. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say that one. We'll just, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we might need to take a break for a second because my cat has decided that he wants on my keyboard. <laughs> Alright, this is where the theme song can go. Thor, sing it. <laughs> and now we're back. And now we're back. That was a fun theme song. Yeah, that was fun. and lasted 15 minutes or so. Uh, they don't know that. <laughs> Thor! That's how long... That's oh my god. <laughs> okay, now we're back! Now we're back. That was a fun theme back. song. <laughs> that lasted 15 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so... Uh... So we're doing The Lighthouse, which I now realize, uh, so we picked four movies to record before we posted anything, uh, and the two good movies are both in black and white, oddly enough. And, um... Uh, Cats was in color. I don't know if there's any pattern to this, but two out of the four do have Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. We need to make that three for three. And I would say yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, and if you're lucky, two, audience, the, two good the, third, ones the fifth... Have Rod Pattinson. The two good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that'll be exciting when people find out what they are. <laughs> I mean, what other movie uh, is good and has Robert Pattinson? 
No, but what about 9-11? What am I talking about? Water for uh, elephants? No. The one that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, I hate you, Danny. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll have a hopefully we'll have a third uh, in a row Robert Pattinson movie. If I have anything to say about it. What would, what's the third one? It hasn't happened yet, don't worry. Oh. Or it will happen. Or maybe it has. It's unclear. Okay. Don't worry. It's when we talk about it, it'll be an interesting tenant. Don't think about it. Oh, tenant has Robert Pattinson? I didn't know that. He's the best part. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so we're doing the lighthouse. Uh just real quick wanna go over who's seen it and who hasn't? I have not. You haven't. Hey, Ron, you haven't seen it? I-, I saw it in theaters with some friends. Yeah, I wanted to go see it in theaters with friends, but I wasn't invited. Danny. Well, now it just I'm makes me sound. Sure we were that, not friends yeah, at the time. Yeah, that was before <laughs> we met you. That just makes me sound. I didn't know you at, back then, so that just don't make me sound bad. No, he shirked no. my friendship and didn't invite me. That that one is true. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, and 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 Brad. I've seen it. I'm pretty sure you and Danny saw it this together. Is be an exciting one from Brad. From Brad, I could tell already. Uh, but, uh, no, I don't think we did, no, because I, uh, but I had some friends invite me randomly, and I was like, yeah, I, I could, I could go see a movie, and, uh, went, and it was an interesting experience, um, so, Vaughn, Beck, do you guys know anything about this movie? I realize that this one is kind of a lesser known one, so maybe actually not a great choice for the podcast. I I've actually know quite a bit movie. about it. Have you? Um... Okay, Because cool. you guys talked about it a lot when you had seen it, and I watched a few videos mm-hmm. on it. And really the only thing that stuck out to me was that he brutalizes a bird. Um, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's that's true. All I know about is the uh, the random masturbation. Oh, I, I was didn't say, know and he brutalizes that. himself, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but no, I've been, I really wanted That'll to see That'll be the really second movie in which Robert Pattinson jacks off on camera. I don't remember what the movie was called, but he Ugh. did go on in interviews and say that, like, yeah, he wanted to make it realistic, so he just went and did it. So he actually did it. And yeah, I got sued for sexual harassment, but you know what? Made a good scene. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about uh, some of your perceptions of the movie? Or Brad, do you maybe want to do a quick synopsis of a little bit? Uh, sure. So the basic uh, gist of the movie, or the, the thrust of the movie, rather, is that the two characters played by Robert Pattinson and Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe are stuck on a island containing a lighthouse uh, for three weeks. Three weeks? I yeah, I think that's supposed um, to be. They're isolated on the island. Yeah. And... Uh, it explores the movie explores their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I, I should I? No, I think that's good story wise. But can you go into like the details of like the filming and like like the black and white and aspect ratio and stuff? Because I feel like that's a kind of important part of it. Sure. So one of the most, I would say, probably one of the most. Um, uh, one of the things this movie is well known for is. It's aspect ratio, mm-hmm. which is shot in uh, 1.2 to 1, which is nearly square, which is really mm-hmm. unusual. 
um, and is in black and white, which uh, at least the cinematography, I believe, was this uh, this movie's only Oscar nomination was for uh, the cinematography. That's a shame, I think, but I agree. Um, yeah, and like I said, the aspect ratio is nearly square, which even among you know mm-hmm. black and white and older films is unusual. So, yeah, and then. Do you want me to get a little bit into like the filming process? I would like uh, to. I would like you. Yeah, to. that sounds. That's. I think that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear about that. Yeah. So, um, I actually listened to an interview with the director Robert Eggers on another great film podcast called The Big Picture. Um, the episode came out right as the movie was being released, and he explained that basically they wanted to film it mostly on location, but couldn't find a lighthouse that was, like, suitable to what they wanted to do. Um, so they used a combination of, like, exterior shots for, like, a real lighthouse in Nova Scotia. And then some of the other... The scenes for the island were shot on a set, and then the actual interior of, like, the inside of the lighthouse was in, like, an airplane hangar, also in okay, Nova Scotia. Okay, okay. Why not... Why do I so, think they built a lighthouse? Like, where did I hear that from? Oh, I believe they, they oh, they did build a set. Okay, yeah. so they, because I, I, I think I remember hearing that, like, they built an actual, like, lighthouse for it. <laughs> like, Yeah, I'm mistaken. So, it turns, so the island itself existed, but they built a lighthouse okay. on it. Oh I had that backwards. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. That, but that's um, fucking, yeah, because that's insane, because this movie has, like, a $10 million budget, right? And none of it went to the lighthouse. Four. Four million dollars? And they had, they built a lighthouse on an island and had William Defoe and Robert Pattinson, like. William Defoe is in so many weird things, and I love it. Yeah. I, I imagine this is kind of a, a project they were both very interested in. Being um, can in, I like... interject? Uh, just uh, on, on a previous note, there are actually four movies. That Robert Pattinson is masturbated in. Yes. High Life, The Devil All the Time. <laughs> uh, Damsel and The Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, four of them. Yep. All right. And that was that was uh, Robert Pattinson masturbation watch. <laughs> uh, make sure you keep an eye out. Let us send in any Listen, reports Listen, I wanted to know the name of the movie that I was talking about. And I googled it, and it was an article saying that there were four of them, actually. (laughs) Alright. Yeah, no, once you brought that up, I looked it up immediately. It was was about, uh, the the article was actually about him being cast as Batman. And they were like, who knows, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If if there are any sightings of Robert Pattinson masturbating, please send (laughs) the information to, uh, ohm dot uh, Pattinson masturbation at gmail.com. Is that our official uh, email now? Just, well, we'll I'll say my own address right now. Just send it directly to me. <laughs> your, your street address, not your yes, email. Yes, by mail. <laughs> send me a letter explaining how he masturbated, please. <laughs> a letter with a link. Preferably with a copy yeah, of the movie. Um, a hard copy, preferably in VHS. A hard Ooh, copy, if you know what I mean. I respect a. that. <laughs> uh, Brad, you were saying. Sorry. 
But uh, yeah, the for the actual filming and uh, set design, that pretty much wraps it up. I know that the other thing that's really um, that kind of sticks out about this movie is the dialogue. I don't know how much we want to get into. I've heard it's weird. That I, say, I think that maybe that. we'll save because that's I think probably one of the best parts of the movie. So I'd like to save that. Okay, yeah, because there's definitely some interesting oh yeah tidbits about uh, the way the dialogue was written for the movie. And okay, I don't yeah, want to I touch don't, on I'm that, not but I will. I will show. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I have heard that this movie will be a godsend to watch with subtitles. Oh, uh, yes, definitely. Luckily, yes. that's how we do it, so that works. So yeah. Uh, back Vaughn, do you guys have any, you guys said you've heard things, which is good, because actually I haven't, as I was thinking about it, I realized I have not heard, like, anything about this. I feel like this is a kind of less well-known movie, which makes sense, being, like, very art house film. Well, yeah, for me, well, for me, I really wanted to see this, because I love art house films, I just don't Mm -hmm. talk about them that often, I think. I don't know, I talk about a lot of things. Um, Yeah, no, that checks out. Uh, I was really excited to see this movie, and honestly, I did not know it was coming to, like, mass theaters uh, until I'd already been told that Jacob had saw it in theaters. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, he already saw it, so I have no one else to ask, because anyone I hang out with right now is not someone who will enjoy this movie like I will. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, I've been really wanting to see this. Mm -hmm. And when you came to me about how you wanted to watch this on the podcast i'm like all right then i'm not gonna go out of my way and watch it until it's yeah. time that's fair and um, I, I know beck has like seen an art house movie or two you know one oh, or two one in my time um beck's a, a mild fan <laughs> yeah danny says that he hasn't seen anything about it but i i've seen quite a bit about it this is kind of mm. my wheelhouse the circles i run in yeah that makes sense. Um, so I know quite a bit about it. And mm-hmm. um, so I have like a good idea of what I'm going to, like what my final verdict is going to be, but I won't say it now. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the, the end answers. of the show, not the beginning. That's fair. Well, we could do our, our premonitions right now. Our premonitions? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Your guess of what the how how the movie ends. Your a guess of the twist ending. No, a guess of how we go. <laughs> yeah, view I didn't the movie. get the the twist ending on this one. Um, oh, I don't, I don't know if there's ending. a twist ending. I don't know that there is a oh. twist ending. See, now I'm not gonna expect it, and then when it happens, I'll be blown Bang, away. Bang! It's gonna exactly. Whoa. We got you. Uh, is there is there any like? What's the overall feeling that you get from like hearing people talk about the movie? Do people generally like it? Um. So well, I've heard. Is that, like, it's unique in the aspect of what it is, but mm-hmm. it's also, like, partially just fucking bizarre. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say that I, I've i been getting a lot of mixed, re- mixed reviews. There are a lot of people who, you know, make GIF sets and, and take screenshots and, you know, edit the colors to make them look all artsy and shit, and they post them places, which would imply that they like it. But yeah, then whenever I like... hear people talking about it, they're kind of like, okay, but why? Like, what's the point here? Yeah. <laughs> which would imply that they probably didn't like it, but maybe maybe people mm-hmm. are like, neat movie. What's it mean? 
I don't give a shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> we all know that that's not me. We've done two episodes yeah. of this, and we know that it, yeah. that's not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, exactly. I think I think you'll end up... I, I think I'll, we'll have similar opinions, because I feel kind of similar to And, you know, I'm also, you like... And stuff. Most of what I've heard about it outside of online mm-hmm. is from you. So it makes sense that my yeah, pre-watch discussion would be based off of your opinions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That, that makes sense. I, I, I guess I'll get into like what my thoughts because before seeing this movie, I had I never heard of it before I was invited to go see this movie. I don't think I've ever heard I mean, of it. You saw it in theaters, meaning friends... that it had just come out. Well, yeah, exactly. And that, but like, I was not. I'm not dug into the art house film world or at all and so some friends yeah, he's not even a real a24 fan i don't yeah, even I don't know what know. that is I, oh, oh. Uh, beck's not a real art house film fan another oh. one of vaughn's great references ouch <laughs> sorry <laughs> that one stung i don't i don't i don't want that to sound mean i just feel like you make a lot of references you're like people will get this and no one ever does it's a it's a popular Producer of art house movies. Listen, he's got oh, okay. his, uh, his thumbs like, in the Ari, Ari, Ari Aster is uh, has like two movies. Mm-hmm. I think like both Hereditary and Midsummer are A twenty four movies. Okay. Actually, I know for a fact Midsummer is because A twenty four had representatives at the theater quit uh, asking people about it when I went to go see Midsummer in theater. <laughs> Like how the fuck do you even hear about this movie? <laughs> uh, I now that you bring that up, I definitely have heard of A twenty four and, um, but yeah. So when I when they invited me, they're like, "Want to come see this movie?" And I think they told me it was black and white before, and I'm like, "Oh, that's weird." But all right, sure, whatever. Um, and I will say that seeing the black and white is what kind of one of those things that, and the aspect ratio. I think at least in theaters, I quickly didn't notice anymore. It's one of those things you. Like midway through the movie, I think I was like, "Oh yeah, this is in black and white." Like, which might just be the atmosphere. It feels very like you can kind of get away with it. That's fair. even if it was in color, it'd probably be a lot of dark and everything. Anyways, I was thinking that the aspect anyways, ratio but... would probably nag at me, but yeah, that's probably. I, it might have just been because it was in a movie theater, so it's already on a huge that's screen. Fair. But I think it's also I think on you TV, know it's meant to be an unsettling weird. movie, so. Maybe the aspect yeah. ratio bugging me will be a good thing. I don't yeah, know. I think that adds to it. I'll give my one little sentence review, uh, which is, this is what I said as we were leaving the theaters, uh, is that this movie feels like what a like hardcore conservative uh, thinks an art house film mm. is. Like, it feels very, like, and I don't think it's necessarily all bad, but there's a lot of it that just feels very, like, stereotypical as art artsy fartsy as you can get somebody jacks uh, off on camera that's pretty artsy yeah yeah <laughs> that exactly. sounded There's like a, lot, a joke a lot of, but i've seen I a told, lot of art house movies and for some reason it it's in a lot of them that's that's what i mean well i was telling my i, I was talking to my mom earlier today because she I, maybe i'll invite her over to watch it with us because she said she wants to watch it and i'm like yeah it's very artsy there's, you know, black and white, weird aspect ratio, a lot of uh, very blatant uh, homoeroticism. Which we uh, all know I love. What? Two guys <laughs> two guys on a, in a, on a lighthouse <laughs> island alone has homoeroticism? Yeah, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts until I don't want to get too deep into it. So I, I think I'll leave it at that. 
Brad, do you have any uh, overall thoughts you'd like to share? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, realistically, like, well, I, I, I guess in the big scheme of things, like in, in the whole broad spectrum of film, this movie, like, isn't that crazy, but I think that a lot of what is shown on screen is just going to be really, really jarring mm-hmm. to, like, a normal moviegoer. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, the aspect ratio and then the black and white alone is already, like, enough to, like, turn mm-hmm. some heads. And then the actual content of the movie um, is pretty aggressive. I'm again I, I don't want to get too explicit until we move into spoilers. Yeah. But um yeah. So I like it. I think it's pretty good. But like I said, for like just a regular moviegoer who goes to see two movies a year, uh this is this is gonna be yeah. a little little hot. <laughs> yeah, to handle, I think I can I think. Uh, safely say this might be a pass for casual moviegoers like before even Yeah. I would like to circle back to the aspect ratio comment you made about how, like, unsettling. Uh, that's part of the reason why I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I can't remember what the movie was, but I was watching this horror movie that purposely, like, kept fucking with the aspect ratio to, like, make things feel more claustrophobic in certain scenes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't remember what it was, but I just was really digging it because I didn't notice yeah, it. That sounds really but interesting. But it, it made those scenes more tense by, like, making you see less. Mm-hmm. That sounds really a really interesting thing to, like, change it as you go along. Yeah, that sounds agonizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so that's why I'm, like, I'm, I'm always excited for movies that do things differently than the average aspect ratio. Like how, uh, um, Hateful Eight did, like, the fucking big-ass screen, like, old-school movies. Mm-hmm. Like, the big-ass, I can't remember what ratio it was, I want to say 21 by 9. And it's, uh, I'm very excited to good, get to go see it. It was movie. also filmed on 35mm, which, <laughs> like, Quentin Tarantino, so you want to see, you want everyone to see this fucking three hour long movie. Yeah. That's just dialogue on 35mm. I love it. Wasn't there something like that for The Lighthouse, too? Like, did they get some special old camera to film the whole thing or something? No, that's not The Lighthouse, if I remember correctly. There was actually a movie. Uh, that was came out around the same time. That was also filmed in black yeah. and white. That was filmed on like, that was filmed mm. like completely with like people from a specific fisher ta- fishing town. Okay, yeah. And this guy just used like a fucking camcorder that he got from the. Yeah, 80s. I think I heard about that. Yeah, you're totally right. I remember that. Don't remember the movie yeah. though. I know. I just remember like like that's so cool. I would love to watch it, but boy, does that sound agonizing to enjoy. <laughs> watching watching a family home video, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Danny, just to answer your previous question, they used vintage lenses. Okay, that makes sense. To, yeah, just to get that mm-hmm. effect. I feel like that's a good, that's a good middle yeah. ground. Oh. You can get the cool artsy stuff without being ridiculous about it. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. also just really excited to see, like... Two of my favorite actors in a movie mm-hmm. together. Like I oh, love yeah. Willem Dafoe, and I, I like I used to hate on like anyone that was in Twilight because like I was in middle school once. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> look at me now. It, it's low hanging fruit when you haven't even yeah. 
Uh, but, like, Robert Pattinson, like, has, like, time and time again proven, like, he is a competent actor. God, he's just so handsome. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, he's... don't uh, think he's that beautiful. he's that handsome. Such eye candy. I think that he's hilarious. Oh, just wait. Just wait till you watch him jerk off. You're right. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the four <laughs> movies in which he does that. All right, well, that's the next four movies. Maybe five after <laughs> Batman. <laughs> yeah, obviously the lucky. next one is Twilight, I... the first one that he did that in. No, I'm just kidding. That was written by Honestly, a Mormon, and that would never happen. I would love to do a High Life episode. Sorry, Brad. What was that? What'd you say, Brad? Oh, I would love to do a High Life episode. I have high thoughts. Life. I don't know that one. I actually don't know High Life and um, Damsel. I, I heard about Devil all the time, because that's a... The um, one with uh, Spider-Man that I heard was really bad. That's the only one on the list I've not seen. I've Wow, I've watched Pattinson uh, <laughs> crank it three times on screen. <laughs> Hell Without yeah. even looking for it. Brad's ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone here ever seen Re- Remember Me? No. Uh, it's no, a, it's a Robert Pattinson movie. It's a Drama romance. Is that the 9-11 one? But the movie does... Yes, it does this fucking amazing bait and switch where, like, finally everything's going good. And it's like, oh! And then it zooms out. Where's and uh, your boyfriend? The and then, towers. like, yeah. It's like, he's at work. Yeah, he's at work. And, oh, what day is it? September 11th, 2001. And it zooms <laughs> out. And it shows him at work on the top floor of the Twin Towers. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> That's so unnecessary. Vaughn, save that for spoilers. It's, it's from 2010. It is 11 years old. Ooh, what a twist. I, it, when I saw that, I literally was like, no fucking way. That feels like such poor taste. Yeah, it was critically panned. Nobody enjoyed that. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, that was, oh my god. <laughs> It's almost as bad as World Trade Center with Charlie Sheen. Uh, oh, that God. sure does sound not good. I don't know what that is, but that but I hate that sentence. <laughs> it's him in a serious. Well, role. we can save it for underrated. Maybe we can do an yeah, underrated maybe. episode. <laughs> no, I still think it's overrated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to to watch this, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to just spend more time with my friends. So <laughs> well, let's do one. I, I have no I'm problem being sentimental. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited to see this movie again. I've been wanting to see it again since I saw it. Cause I'm like, I came out of the theater. I'm like, God, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm really excited to see it again and, and solidify some thoughts. And I think it'll be very fun to watch it with people too. I've also like, since you said we're doing the other pants and mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. That one I'm not so sure I'm excited for. That I think I'm about so it. Ready. Nah, I'm on Brad. I'm on Team Brad. I want to see that movie again. Like I, rewatch five. Yeah, Let's I, go. Oh, I, see, I, I, I thought see you were talking about again. Twilight. <laughs> I, I was, I was <laughs> trying Twilight. to be edgy about it. Oh, you were talking Twilight. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, talking. I, about... Listen, we're all gonna watch Twilight <laughs> yeah, no, together, like, I... and it's going to be amazing. Yes. Like I like I legitimately like I watched a review of Twilight and I'm just like, oh, I I'm having a hard time watching. It's this. so hilariously mm-hmm. bad. I mm-hmm. can we watch it I'm with excited. the Robert Pattinson commentary? <laughs> Cheeseburger. Because <laughs> like I love the fact that 
No one hates that movie more than Robert Pattinson. <laughs> the movie that he's like, what do vampires eat? And then Robert Pattinson's commentary goes, cheeseburgers. <laughs> oh my god. We need to get Robert Pattinson That's on this. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's, it, let's contact his agents. <laughs> well, we were, I doubt we can get a hold of his agents, but I can barely get a hold of the fucking Halo announcer agents. <laughs> They just yeah, ghosted yeah, but, me. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I have so many stories about the absurdity of Robert Pattinson. Oh, like, hey, eight Robert Pattinson agent, do you want to have him show up on a amateur podcast? <laughs> yeah, they've uh, only got two Twilight? episodes, can but... We, can we get it on Pattinson, Pattinson Masturbation <laughs> Watch? <laughs> <laughs> that would be... So- Oh my god, like... He would totally be down for that. Yeah, no, I love that shit, because, like, like Red Letter Media had Macaulay Culkin review fucking the Home Alone franchise with them. <laughs> like, okay. I, would love, I would love to do that kind of shit. Uh, so yeah, if, if no one has any less thoughts, I would actually like to uh, read a few uh, quick reviews uh, before we finish off. Go for it, dude. Okay. Go off. All right. So I got, I got, I got a few of them here that are, uh, these are all bad reviews just because I think they're the funnier ones. I don't know if these people just make bad reviews because it's funnier, but like, uh, so this one, uh, 25 out of, this is on, these two are on Metacritic. This is a 25 out of 100. Uh, the lighthouse is more than four times longer than a twilight zone episode and a hundred times worse. And I, (laughs) pretty bad review but also i just don't get how that's relevant similar to this one which is a zero uh total waste of time the film's only redeeming quality is that it's not three and a half hours long uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get where that was that's uh what that has to do what either of those have to do with anything um i guess just maybe like hey it's artsy so it's probably gonna be four hours long and then you get in like oh thank god it wasn't like i don't know uh, if that's but, your uh, review of something that's artsy, maybe you shouldn't be a film critic. Yeah, that's that's true too. I don't know. If, I think one of those is like actual film critic. Uh, and then this one from uh, this one's also from Metacritic. This this is my last one um, from Really Wonka One Eighty. Uh, gave it a five out of ten. Uh, the lighthouse could have could have been better. Plus, I took away many stars because they literally showed cum. Oh. <laughs> What a great review. (laughs) Alright, and with that, we will go to our ad break and post-watch discussion. Oh, I can't wait. It's your favorite commercial-length game show. Name that movie! I'm your host, Vaughn. And joining us today is Vaughn. Rules are simple. Our guest has three questions before the podcast starts up again. Are you ready? Oh yeah, sure. What movie is about a fight club? Oh, Real Steel. The robot boxing movie. Yeah, the robots are like in a club of fighters or something. The answer we were looking for was Fight Club. Ah, damn. Well, I've never gotten that one. Alright. Next up. What movie is about a shark attacking the fictional Amity Island? Oh, I know this one for sure. Nightmare at 20,000 feet. The episode of Twilight Zone... About a monster on a plane? Yup. The answer was Jaws. Oh, damn. Well, there's always next time. (sighs) Alright, last question before the show starts up again. Name the movie about a detective teaming up with a dog 
to solve crimes. Oh, canine with Jim Belushi. Screw it. We were looking for Turner and Hooch, but that works. Now back to the podcast. All right, we hope you enjoyed that commercial for... Name that movie! So, that was a movie. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Um, It was a movie. I liked it surprisingly a lot. (laughs) Yeah? A lot more than I thought it was going to. Um, Mostly because... Okay, I'm getting in. I'm getting right into the paint. Let me just real quick say, just because we haven't really got over this, uh, this is obviously going to be spoilers. I don't think it really matters in the last two because it was Citizen Kane and Cats. So who cares if they're spoiled? But what? <laughs> but this one what we does are spoiling. Mean this? It, it, we answer that in this in this episode. Oddly enough, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, Mom, make sure you go and watch this movie before you start listening to this part, is what I'm saying. Alright, Beck, keep going. Okay, well, I thought that my ideas are going were going to be more of a... It was trying to make itself sound like it meant something while it really didn't. Mm-hmm. But then as I watched it, I kind of saw the threads of something and it, it showed up a lot more coherent than i had expected yeah i I, i'll just button real quick and say i actually agree as well i was expecting to come in and be like the same thing like how i felt the first time i was like there's not much here and that's what i was seeing a lot of people say online and after the second watch i don't know if i totally got it but i'm like hey i can see there's more there and i think on like another watch i would totally be able to get it more or maybe you can explain it to me back um, well, what was your kind of, like, what was the firing off of your neurons doing? Like, what was the kind of, you know, shocks uh, I think something re- that you were like, oh, that's something. I think just re-watching it, knowing the ending, knowing how it goes, and, like, kind of, like, the fact that they're both named Thomas, and, and like, just more, uh, like, during the whole, I mean, even during your first watch, you totally get the whole feeling of, is this all in his head or something? And I mean, sure, Willem Dafoe straight up says that, hey, this is all in your head, you're imagining this. And so I think just watching it through that lens of, like, knowing how wild it gets towards the end and that, like, nothing in this movie can really be trusted uh, kind of makes me feel like there's more there. I wasn't, I wasn't totally, because I was also, like, I think half of the movie being like, yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy the monologues. And then when I, I started kind of getting that feeling towards the end, so I... On a, I think on a third or fourth watch, maybe I'll start to put more together. And I think it's still a movie that maybe leaves a little bit too much of, uh, a little, leaves a little bit too much up to interpretation, but I, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty good. I think there's a lot, there is a lot there and it brings it together more than I thought before. I think before I thought it was a lot of pieces that don't really come together and kind of say, uh, a lot of very general messages, whereas on a second watch, I think it kind of comes together more than I was thinking. Hmm. Uh, it's strange that you say that because I, I guess I have this paragraph in my notes where, you know, it, where Robert Pattinson's Thomas, um, you know, his narrative devolves even more. And somebody said, like, you can't even believe those parts that seem like they're sane because he's an unreliable narrator. 
And I, mm-hmm. I wrote this kind of paragraph that was, in order to have this movie and have a narrative here, we have to assume that something is real. Something yeah, that exactly. we're seeing is real. So I think that the parts that are more grounded in reality are truly happening. I'm in the camp where, like, yeah, Willem Dafoe is gaslighting this man. Yeah, I think I agree because, like you said, like, I, I don't think the beginning of the movie, like, I don't think he's actually in Canada walking just hyper, uh, hypothermia, like, causing this whole fever dream. Like, I feel like at least the beginning parts are real. And so if William Dafoe is a real person, if his Thomas is a real person, then him going and saying, oh, this is all in your head kind of makes it seem like you can't really trust anything he says yeah. more than uh, Winslow. But I, I also, like, when when we're being involved with with um, our Patton's, Robert Pattinson's delusions, I think that those moments are very obvious. It's, you know, when everything goes off the rails is when he is having delusions. And everything um, that seems more real is real, even at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, that's fair. Because I think at some point, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe tells him, "Oh, it's been weeks," or "Oh, you attacked me with the mm. n- with the axe." And yeah, <laughs> you were like, hmm, "He might have," and I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I think I kind of said that just because, like, that's obviously what it's trying to make you think is that that's the, the plot. The point of it, I think, is like, oh, maybe he did. But like, I, I'd agree. It seems like uh, the actual story is like he did it. You literally just saw it. It seems weird to literally just see that. And it wasn't particularly ridiculous looking or anything. Yeah. Like you have parts where there's a fucking mermaid and tentacles and shit like there is a, I, I think there's a fine line between what seems real and what isn't, but I think it's there. Yeah. In other news, Willem Dafoe, Gaslight, Gatekeep, Girl Boss. <laughs> that's, that's what's on. His, that's what his bumper sticker says. I have that in my uh, notes. Vaughn, what are your two thoughts? Separate times. <laughs> two separate. Once times. <laughs> at the end of my paragraph, and once just in general. <laughs> I was looking through my notes, and in the middle, I just have a chunk where I just say "Fast Nine trailer," because <laughs> there, because there was a good half hour where we stopped to get pizza, and then we just watched Fast and Furious trailers. That's true. Uh, Vaughn, what are your thoughts? Is this your first time seeing the movie? Yes, it is. Cool. I would like to. Very Brad yeah, of no. you. <laughs> wow, that's not very nice to me or Brad. I, it's not an insult. It is true. <laughs> See. <laughs> I was going to say, I get like a classic literature horror vibe from it, mm-hmm. and I really dig that. Like, I love old horror where it's like, you're not sure if you can trust the, the narrator of the story, or it's very weird, very, but also somewhat grounded in a reality, Um, not far from our own. Agreed. Yeah. And I really got that vibe from it. I want to say, like, maybe even, like, a more intense Twilight Zone. Like, just two men on an island going nuts. But, like, I feel like this is too deep for Twilight Zone. Does that, does that, do you understand uh, our reviews from the beginning of the episode more now, then? You know, I, I definitely, I, I definitely could see, like, why someone would be like, there's nothing to this movie. It's mm-hmm. just pretentious monologues. Yeah. And craziness. But, like... 
I saw something to it, but I have a I have a background in this kind of like medium. Yeah. So I I was all for it. I was I got eye candy, I got amazing cinematography, amazing lighting, and phenomenal top notch monologues. The so, monologues are fucking amazing. Uh, but, that monologue where he is cursing Robert Pattinson's uh, Thomas uh, for, for dissing his cooking. <laughs> and, like, it's just doing this panning shot onto his face, and he's not blinking, and it feels like it's, like, five minutes. It literally made my eyes dry, and I had to blink <laughs> so much during that. Yeah, after... Because I was just... Ugh. After that monologue, you were just going off, like, how is he not blinking? How did he not blink that long? <laughs> it, it was... Literally, I was highly impressed. Oh, yeah, yeah, that and fucking monologue is amazing. It's, it's so good. And what I think really makes it so much better for me is that it's this beautiful, well-crafted curse to someone after he's just like, but you yeah. like my lobster. Yeah, literally just, <laughs> I want Trayton to uh, fill your guts with bile and blow you up into nothingness so even the seagulls can't pack it. Pick, can't peck at your corpse uh, just because you said you didn't like my cooking. Like he, and before that, and like before that monologue, he he delivers the line of like you like my cooking, right? Like he delivers that line so well. Like he is so hurt and offended. Like it, <laughs> it makes is, you think it the whole gaslighting, like the whole gaslighting. I, 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 I want to think right. about that after on the third watch. Is like, did all the gaslighting start after that? Is this whole movie like the whole climax just because? He didn't like it. He said he didn't like his I cooking. I kind of disagree with that. <laughs> that was a joke. I, I, I'm interested. Right. I don't know, but I want to. I'm going to think about that next um, time. As I was, th- as I was thinking about the movie, I did like realize like that is foreshadowing to what happens to Robert yeah. Pattinson's yeah. Thomas, and I thought that was just brilliant. <laughs> Brad, you got any thoughts? I liked it. Good cool. job, bud. All right, now you're doing it. Now you're doing it on purpose. Well. <laughs> no, I th- I think you know, like I said earlier, I'd seen I'd seen this before, um, and I think that I Danny I I mainly agree with what you said. Um, I think definitely on a on a movie that's so like this that's so heavy in its themes or like there's there's so much symbolically going on. Um, multiple rewatches are very helpful. Yeah. So in like helpful in decoding it. Um, but the thing that really jumped out to me, really jumped out to me this time, or uh, the first time I saw it, rather, and this time were um, the substance abuse. Yeah. And like, yeah, I agree. You know, that they're so... That it seems like one of the major things that's driving the, the shared psychosis that they experience... Mm-hmm. Um, is the fact that they're isolated and essentially have nothing to live on except for like lobster and kerosene and, and, and yeah, fucking liquor that becomes yeah. just kerosene. I was gonna say whatever that whatever that clear liquor is that's in the bottles, and then eventually moving on to like the lamp fuel. Yeah. Um, but the other comparison that I really wanted to draw um, was to. I'm assuming none of you guys have seen it, but Ingmar Bergman's movie Persona. No, I have not played one of the games. It's it's been on my list. Yeah, it's, I've actually heard of that. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, it's Ingmar Bergman's adaptation of the famous uh, 
JRPG series that's a spinoff from Shin Megami Tensei. That's the one. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy you actually know that second part. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. <laughs> so many people think Persona is, the, is its own series. I mean, I'm still anxiously... At the time of this recording, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is not out on Switch yet. Oof. One Let's day. Keep up, keep up with updates. Years uh-huh. in the making. We're, we're going to get The Lighthouse 2 before we get Shin Megami Tensei oh, no. 5. But that's I would... It's just... Uh. I would Two love hours just, like, long a half hour long sequel. Just looking at the island that everything happened after everything happened. Mm. Just you know, some seagulls Man. eating our pets. No, I feel like we should. <laughs> I would love a, a half hour long sequel that's just the crew coming to pick them up. Like what the fuck? What? We were gone for like four weeks. We, we were gone for four and a half weeks. We're only like four days late, guys. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, like, yeah, the the reason why I want to draw the comparison to Persona is that, so the, you know, two second summary of Persona is that it's about a woman and her nurse who are, who stay together in like an isolated house, and it also plays on a lot of the same themes like identity, you know, like personal relationships, madness, uh, you know, and it's all—it's also like equally as um, opaque, and it's—you know—it's definitely another one of those films that's not easy mm-hmm. to decode right on the surface. So like interpretation, and it's—it's it's also shot in the same like uh, it's black and white as well, and it's like the cinematography is really like lush and gorgeous, yeah. and uh, a, a lot of the same like nature plays a big role in like the framing and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah it, it sounds super similar. If it, it's that movie's definitely worth seeking out if you like the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. So, might check that out because hmm. because I, I did enjoy the lighthouse. I think that um, I, I I think my initial problems with the lighthouse and they might still stand is that this isn't like we said it's kind of a movie for multiple watches, which is I don't I don't. I, I don't like it's a good thing for some people like obviously some people want that movie I, I definitely enjoyed it but like I feel like that's not necessarily a good like that's kind of more of a con than a pro I guess I don't know oh rewatches of the lighthouse no the fact that like if a movie needs multiple watches to like really understand it like I don't consider that a I don't know. I don't know. I actually, I don't know if I consider that. A, personally, that I think a it's like thing. a different brand of good. Yeah. Also, one of my neighbors is weed. I guess it's, a, it's what so you're going for. That's going to be annoying. <laughs> oh boy, fun, great. Uh, oh well. Uh, yeah. I don't. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Because like, I don't. I don't. I just like. I definitely think this is that kind of movie. This is the movie you kind of need multiple watches. I think for. that it's just a different brand of good. Just. Yeah. I enjoy. Personally, I like rewatching watches, media, but you know, there's also movies where I want to write an essay about it. Yeah, that's a good point. I want to write an essay about this movie. It's definitely be one of those movies. Yeah, I, I think my my kind of gripe with it comes from like as a more casual film fan. I, I like I liked it, but like I, I and I think I'm kind of just saying this as like, uh, hey, we're gonna get this a rating, so I guess we're kind of somewhat reviewers. Like, for casual film fans, that's definitely, I don't think, a good thing. Like, you shouldn't have to watch. Just, just like I, we said with 
you shouldn't have to watch a video to explain yeah. this to you. Like, I don't think you should have to watch it twice. Not that it's a bad thing, especially if that's what you like or want to go for. But, like, I think for the general audience, that's not a good thing. And I, I think this movie definitely isn't for the general audience. Yeah, but fuck the general audience. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. It doesn't know. Everything doesn't need to be. Yeah. I don't think anyone was thought it was. I, I think that that's just kind of a metric that you can't judge certain movies on. And and this one is definitely one that's of them point. where you, you can't base it on yeah, that's general appeal. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently, this movie, the story is based off of very, very, very loosely based off a real life tragedy from 1801. Ooh. Uh, uh, it was, it's the hmm. smallest lighthouse tragedy. Two Welsh lighthouse keepers, both were named Thomas, got trapped on the lighthouse station during a storm. One of them died and drew the other <laughs> one mad. Oh my god. Could you imagine being stuck on an island in the middle of a storm with your dead co-worker? I mean, so, I think I just watched a movie about it. I was, that's why I was <laughs> having a joke lead into, but like, dude, yeah. that'd be... Yeah, that sounds fucked. fucked. And if anyone is listening... Or any of you guys want to explore that story further, the podcast Lore um, by Aaron Menke has an episode about um, that uh, tragedy at that lighthouse. That it is very, very good and definitely worth uh, checking out if you want to explore more like the the real life. You know, I mean, there's no Mer Woman, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> well, not that we so, know of. Uh, yeah, that's true. They wouldn't, they wouldn't tell us about that part. In a slightly um, happier note, the director, Robert Eggers, uh, used the same choice words in every interview to describe his movie, and it was, nothing good can happen when two men are trapped alone in a giant phallus. <laughs> He's right. That's a lie. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> okay. I think that's good. I mean, like, it's a funny line, love, like, but... I think that's funny. Two men trapped in a right. phallus. Yeah, no, I... I that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> that, that definitely, yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. But like, did he say that though? What did he say that though? Is that like is Beck that's what saying, he was saying to interviews? Okay, so Beck's calling him a liar, but he did say that. Okay, but what a co- what a couple days for the uh, the small town in Nova Scotia where this was filmed. Like that yeah. must have been a, what a couple months, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Those are crazy. Uh, principal photography took 35 days and le- t- took from April to May 2018. Man. That's awesome. Uh, can we talk about the fucking atmosphere of this movie, though? Like, the... Like... I Like, my top note on this is just foghorn noise, which yeah. I think was just so good throughout the whole movie. Like... Actually, I was just looking at things about the sound effects. Uh, the sound design behind the water pump noise is a donkey's hee-haw. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Huh. They just got a little donkey down there onto the island. Yeah. There's a third cast member we didn't know. Uh, but, like, the like the black and white definitely fits this movie so well. Like, Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that they probably... I don't think that they could have made it mm-hmm. the same impact had it been in color. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I I feel with the black and white, the um, we couldn't have gotten such great like lighting sequences. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
Looks like, like when um, Arpats like stands up angrily to Defoe, and like it just shows like this monstrosity of a shadow behind him, mm-hmm. and you can see Defoe literally like for a second reel back a terror because he's oh I'm about to get killed. Yeah, he's not about to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that very moment, I know. <laughs> still had some time. My 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 uh my notes aren't great. They're mostly just like a synopsis of the movie, which doesn't help with like thoughts. <laughs> I have um a lot of thoughts on power dynamics in my notes. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that because you brought that up multiple times. Yeah, um, months ago, maybe even a year ago, I watched a video on the lighthouse. I don't remember most of it. Um, but it kind of talked about how they're like similar men in certain similar circumstances, but the power lended to Willem Dafoe kind of corrupts him and, and the withholding of that power from Robert Pattinson is the reason why he eventually goes mad. Um, yeah, I... I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I was just looking at my notes. I, the one thing I did find was, uh, not not to bring this up again, um, but Pat, uh, like uh, when Robert Pattinson is uh, jerking it, he is like, it, it is doing it to half to like this fantasy mermaid, but half of it is like mixed in with these flashes of him killing his former boss. Yeah. And... And I don't know that it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily seem like like it seem like that's something he wants in there, but it's something that's going through his mind while he's doing yeah. this. Uh, Wait, you guys don't jerk off to killing your bosses? <laughs> that is the uh, what we all have to deal with under capitalism. I understand, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, by the way, we do own uh, Pattinson or ohm dot Patterson masturbation at gmail.com so please email us with any more reports of Pattinson masturbating. Thank you. If, as they come out or yeah, stalking his house? Any, if you see uh, it in the wild if you see it in the wild, Pattinson, if you want to give us an update anytime like that's fine. Just God, That would make my yep. entire just, life just, I hope you know <laughs> Pattinson who's definitely the- listening to this episode. And is going to every time I see a movie that every time I see a movie where Robert Pattinson masturbates, even if I've already seen it, I'll email the the email like yes. So so I'm jerking it. Watch Lighthouse three times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to watch it every time. Made Uh, a super cut of only the masturbation scenes in Robert Pattinson movies. (laughs) All right, I'm going to make that now. (laughs) Gotta get to go, guys. Got something to do. Uh, Yeah, I think that the. But, like, the power dynamic is definitely, like, this, I think Winslow, that's not sure I'm going to call him yeah. now, is, is, has more issues than he lets on with that, like, I think very, like, anger management towards his bosses. Like, he hates being told what to do, uh, which he doesn't really show until later the on in the movie. Kind of. What? You were referring to Robert Pattinson as Winslow? Yeah, Winslow's the, yeah, that's what he goes by. For most of it. It actually goes by Ephraim yeah. for the first half. Well, Ephraim Winslow. Yeah, and Defoe is Thomas Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's the old man of the sea. Yeah, and, but like, he has, I think, this deep-seated anger 
that he kind of like shoves down and at first he's kind of just like like anyone would be like oh yeah my boss is kind of a dick yes sir whatever i sir uh and then it starts growing more and more which is understandable until he eventually like admits to killing his former boss and it's like oh so so you you have a history with this and then he pops yeah. off um that mixed with i think the the alcohol like like it seems like he has issues with alcohol yeah uh, or, or some kind of substance abuse. Like, he, he was literally trying to refrain from it until uh, Old Thomas makes him drink. Uh, and then, kind of, that leads to the, their downfall. Yeah. We yeah. could also argue that killing that gull... <laughs> I was about to say the same uh, thing. Devil. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, that, I guess that's the... Uh, just. I guess that's the moral of the story, is killing seagulls is bad. That's true. Don't kill your boss, don't kill seagulls. Or, or I guess just listen to the old crazy old man who tells you not to kill seagulls. I mean, like, there were many things Fair. that the old man said that he should not have listened to. So I would understand yeah. the confusion. <laughs> so, so he's like, you know what? I can't trust anything this fucker says. I bet killing, I bet brutalizing the seagull will be fucking awesome. I bet I... Oh my god. <laughs> my I, I, issue I is that it. I only killed one seagull. Because <laughs> I didn't kill them all. <laughs> If I had killed them all, they wouldn't have eaten if me If I had made end. ritualistic yeah. <laughs> sacrifices of every seagull I saw. <laughs> they got souls in them, seagulls. It's they would have had food! <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They wouldn't have had to live off rationing alcohol. <laughs> yeah, um... I, I was... I said this when we watched it, but I, I'm gonna re- reiterate this for the podcast. When you said he brutalized the bird, I expected... All right, mm. he beats like he hits a bird with a rock, or like yeah, because he, he does that at the beginning. I was he not expecting rock at the bird, and Vaughn was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And I, we were like, "No, <laughs> that's not the brutalization." You know, I, was, <laughs> I was like, "You know, when that scene happened, I'm just like, I was like, how do I put this? I was uncomfortably humorous about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like it's it's just so over the top." But like it's so like jaw droppingly brutal. Yeah, it's it's fucking it's oh so over the top. It's comical. Brandon, you say your theater laughed. Yeah, in my showing there was just uproarious laughter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I think we were the same. Yeah. Uh, because it's just so over the top. Like it's and, which I think there's a lot of that in this movie of like little not not over the top but like little comical bits. Uh. Which, I don't know, is it just them having fun or what? But, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, like old man Thomas's farts. Yeah. And then, uh, in the end, Pattinson goes off on him about his farts and his, and his son. And he smells like jism. Jism. And, like, is fucking their rants at each other are just uh, really well done. Uh, and also, like, kind of like hilarious. Like, alright, get off it. I like your food. Yeah. And I guess just kind of shows, like, this, like, mental breakdown of them, like, just fucking going off. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad, do you want to talk about, like, some of the, uh, how the dialogue was written? Because I think you, in the last half you mentioned it and didn't really go over it for the podcast, at least. Sure, yeah. So I actually did a little bit of additional research. Um, I heard an anecdote. Uh, it was an interview that the director, Robert Eggers, gave talking about how he developed the dialogue for the film, and if you're listening to this and haven't seen the film, the dialogue is all 
period appropriate. It's to the late 19th century um, and uses appropriate period appropriate slang that people actually working in these lighthouses would use, um, which makes it which makes the film difficult to understand at points. Um, yeah. yeah, like wiki. I liked that. Wiki yeah. is a fun word. And just so many words that, um, yeah, just a modern viewing audience wouldn't be familiar with. I found being able to put on subtitles um, in the home viewing was really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the people that, or one of the authors that he pulled from, uh, to kind of develop this, or to capture the period-appropriate dialogue, was a writer from Maine named Sarah Orne Jewett, um, who set, she was a novelist who set most of her works um, in the region, in Maine, where uh, this movie ostensibly takes place. And also, Edgar said that he would go in and read... Uh, journals and like mm-hmm. logs of lighthouse keepers from the time and essentially like work backwards and trying to understand like the word use through context to uh, decode the slang that's, that's which awesome. is so, it, really really great uh, you know it, but that must have been excruciating yeah, yeah I bet. to actually that, do that's but, really impressive yeah i'm sorry brad did you say this takes place in maine what did you yeah i was just saying that uh well off the coast of new england i should say okay i guess i didn't realize i guess i assumed this was more in the middle of the ocean but i guess that makes sense i didn't really i didn't really think about where it takes place at um that was that was my my lighthouse um uh head cannon as it were i always just assumed it was off the uh, coast of new england it might not yeah, be, that makes sense. That was no, actually, assumption. I think that makes a lot of sense, yeah. That makes more sense than me thinking it's, like, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean I don't think that's how light works. Lighthouses work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes way more sense. Uh, did So did Edgar's, I, mean, I guess he, did he write this whole thing by himself? Um, I believe it was him and his brother. Um, okay. Because the, the story... Um, that I heard was that his brother was trying to adapt a um, Edgar Allan Poe kind of like short story called oh, okay. The Lighthouse. And eventually like that didn't pan out for whatever reason. Um, but they kind of kept, they liked the lighthouse setting and then kind of developed that and carried it over into this. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Now I'm kind of interested in reading that. See how, are there any similarities? Yeah, the uh, fragment is called The Lighthouse. The, cool. the Yeah, the Poe story. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have anything else to talk about, yeah, actually. Yeah, it seems like both of the parts of uh, these two episodes have been kind of concise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, th- actually, I thought... Actually, there is something else. Being? Oh, what's that? If it's rated or overrated. If it's underrated or overrated. This is the whole namesake of the fucking podcast. Yeah, Ooh, but we were going didn't to think do about that. Bef- like, discussion. Yeah. That's not a discussion. That's yeah, a statement. No, Vaughn's right. You called me out. I totally forgot about that part of the. I was gonna. I was just going to end it right here. That's foolish, Danny. 
Uh, <laughs> You're foolish. I wasn't. Uh, Danny is a foolish boy. All right, great, thanks. Uh, Danny, overrated um, or underrated? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. That's a, I'm kind of. I don't know. On one hand, I think it's overrated for a general audience. On another hand, it's like, does that matter or not? So I think the answer is rated. <laughs> Beck? I think that it is... It's kind of... That's difficult. It is difficult. Not because <laughs> I think that it is overrated for general audiences, mm-hmm. because I think that general audiences just are not going to watch it, and so yeah. there is no rating for them. Yeah, they I shouldn't think it's, watch like it. the black and white. I think is a good filter for general audience as well. <laughs> yeah, so Filtered. there's are a lot of people who liked it, but I think in so far as um, kind of analysis, you know, critics, I think that it is underrated. A lot of people don't read into it properly. Yeah, I actually, I think I'm inclined to agree. I think there's, I think. This movie is probably kind of sitting at like a seven or eight and in, in the general consensus. Like yeah. people either love it or they're like, oh, that was bullshit nonsense. But I think there's I think it's like a solid nine, eight yeah. or nine. Like this is a great movie. And I think there is more there that might be easy to pass up. So I'm going to go with underrated as well. All right. Vaughn? I think it's underrated. Okay. Ooh. And Ooh, are we going to have our first uh, concise decision, Brad? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I, uh, oh! Say, <laughs> hell oh. yeah! <laughs> I say, I'm, I'm going to say that it's underrated, um, especially because this movie was released in 2019, um, mm-hmm. which was, I think, especially like a really, really strong year for movies. Um, That's true. It was Par- Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, All the Different Best Pictures, <laughs> The Irishman, right. th- this, that, and the other thing. And I think that, you know... We can talk about the Oscars in general as like whether or not they're actually like a good barometer of like where the movie industry is. I mean, most people would say no. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, Which, I mean, I would probably even say no, mostly. Yeah, um, I think this is evidence for no. Like, but like this got this movie got one nomination for cinematography and didn't win. Yeah, absurd. I mean, like, yeah, it's got. I mean, Willem Dafoe is. This is arguably his win. career best performance. Um. Aside from Green Goblin. You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. <laughs> uh, okay, best later Good reference, but that's Spider-Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I do agree. Runner this is probably the best one? I've ever seen Defoe. Yeah. yeah. Fucking insane. I haven't seen much of Defoe. impressive though. both these actors are. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. But, like, this is... I, I, I imagine they did this for base, basically free based on how much they spent on this movie, but also, like, how much they were able to ham it up. Like, I feel like this was a... Ro- the role of a lifetime for both of them. Just the amazing acting and what they were given and able to do with it is uh, beautiful. Yeah. I completely agree. I I am happy that we had this on our list so I could get the chance to watch it because it's always been on my list and I am... Florida did not watch this sooner. Yeah. I would yeah, I'm like to close this off. Um, after the monologue was said. Um, Wait, which monologue? The, <laughs> the, the big one. one. Yeah, the try one. Yeah. 
Um, I Triton said, one. yes, you know what I meant. <laughs> um, no, I, I said tried it. Oh. I, <laughs> um, Hark. I said that it Hark. reminded me of something that everybody was going to be very upset about. Um, oh, yeah, you did. It reminds oh, me. Treasured Island? What? Is it Muppet Treasure Island? How did you know? I don't know why how I knew that. I guess because pirates. Oh. <laughs> Tim Curry has a monologue in Muppet Treasure Island where he curses his his Muppet crewmates <laughs> like a salty Amazing. old sailor, and it it doesn't go on for as long, and it's it's not as iconic, but it starts off essentially Ooh. the same way. <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, Amazing. So I've never seen that movie, but I may, we do have it on our list of it's movies good. to do. Do so. we? I love that movie. I, I think I put it on there just because I want to do Treasure Planet and Muppet Treasure Island as a back-to-back. That's fair. Um, mm. Both are good movies. Yeah, I just I'm want an excuse right to watch now. Treasure Planet. Hell yeah! I agree. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have a real bad take about that, because I love the Muppets, and I don't particularly like Treasure Planet. Uh, absurd. Uh, well, look forward to that. Look forward yeah, to that. <laughs> look forward to. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. Now I have to have the opposite take, and I have to hate the Muppets. No. <laughs> you, sorry, Beck. You gave me no choice. Uh. All right. It looks like this is our our first concise. Uh, we all agree. Uh, even though this movie was one of our highly rated movies, we decided it isn't highly rated enough. So this, we're giving this a solid underrated. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Peace. All right. Bye, Mom. All right. <laughs> Bye, Danny's mom. Bye, Danny's mom. Bye. Underrated. Underrated. <laughs>